0: there's a sign on the front that says Lou's tap. I'm fucking Lou. Who the fuck are you? Tyler Durden. Who told you motherfuckers that you could use my place?
1: We have a deal worked out with Durvin.
0: Huh? Irvin's at home with a broken collarbone. You don't own this place. I do. How much money is he getting for this? There is no money. Really? Free to all. Ain't that something? It is, actually. Look, stupid fuck. I want everybody out of here right now. Hey, you should join our club. Did you hear what I just said? You and your friend. Uh, You hear me now?
1: Uh, No, I didn't quite catch that, Lou. Ah. Still not getting it. Ah, okay, okay,
0: okay,
1: I got it. I got it. I got it. Shit, I lost it. Back. Fuck Everybody back. Ah, Lou. Come on, man. We really like this place.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying time's here. Six Captain America: Civil War.
1: Okay, I've heard uh, nothing but good things from the people that have seen it. Oh, really? Yeah, and not like you know people that would say good things about it. You know what I mean? It, it
0: to me. <clears throat> excuse me. Are we doing the show now? Do you want to talk about it then? Or? Sure.
1: Welcome to episode one ninety six, everybody. Uh, didn't we just do one didn't you post one ninety six? Isn't it
0: like one ninety eight or something now? Yes,
1: one ninety eight.
0: Yes, I, something like
1: that. I am old and I forget stuff. Okay. Oh.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyhow. Captain America. Captain America Civil War, yes. Um for me, I only and I've said this uh, just seeing another trailer this morning. For me, having a young Spider-Man in it, it's yeah. Marvel going back to, and yes, I know a lot of people didn't like Tobey Maguire. Fucking calm yourselves. But wait,
1: wait a minute, hold on. Everybody liked Tobey Maguire when it came out, and everybody liked Tobey Maguire through the second one. And the third one came out, and all of a sudden, everybody hated Tobey Maguire. Never mind that that one was kind of just, uh, didn't seem like Sam Raimi's heart was in it. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm
0: there. What? No, dude. If you remember correctly, though, there was a lot of people pissed off. Tobey Maguire was Spider Man.
1: No, I don't. I don't remember. I that
0: I do. I remember this. But okay. Bottom line, you know, you know, we've discussed all that before. But bottom line is, for me, having uh it to me, it seems like Disney slash Marvel is going back to. They understand they screwed up with Amazing Spider Man.
1: I also have heard that, like I was telling you before we started, that uh, this is—I've been hearing, you know, good, nothing but good shit out of people that have seen this before. Mm-hmm. I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 oh no, no, I remember what I was going to say. I've heard them say that this is kind of an apology movie for Avengers Two.
0: Um. Well, see, I liked Avengers Two though. I, uh, I... I think the first one's better, uh-huh. but I liked Avengers too. I didn't have a problem with it. Okay. But for me, I think the whole going back to teenage Spider-Man, and that's what always worked. Um, no matter what world Spider-Man's been in, he's always been the younger guy. He's always been the teenager uh, with any character. What? You know what I'm saying? When they do team-ups and stuff like that, whether it was comic books the cartoons and stuff like that, he, they, they seem to make an honest attempt, and not whether or not Andrew Garfield was good or not as Spider-Man. The point is, having what seems like a kid, a teenager, as Spider-Man, I think is the right approach, and I think they're going about it the right way of giving him that teenage personality also in the trailers that I have seen. That is my one hope I have in this that will... Not only that, it looks pretty good. It looks... Sure does. It, it, it looks like all the hype of the first Avengers movie, but it also has like, okay, this isn't going to be your typical comic book beats down bad guy kind of thing. We got heroes fighting heroes, which is kind of cool.
1: I don't and, know, man. I'm looking at the cast listing right now, and this Tom Holland who mm-hmm. is playing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Also directed Fright Night. No, just kidding. Oh, no, yeah,
0: Night. he's he's not even old enough to know what Fright Night was. I don't
1: I don't know who this kid is, so that could be good. But I'm also looking through the cast listing, and they've got some cool bad guys. Yes, got but our, it, got it's Baron Zemo in here and Crossbones played by uh oh uh, the guy I I like him uh, Frank Grillo. He was in uh, the Purge and the second Purge movie. Yeah, he's in the third one. Okay. And Crossbones is a cool fucking character. So is Baron Zemo. Yeah. I was looking. I was looking on here. Hopefully uh, that uh, Ulysses Claw came back, but it doesn't look like it.
0: Bottom line is, it comes off much better than what Batman versus Superman looked like. And that's not bashing DC. Everybody, calm yourself. <laughs> <laughs> calm down. Calm down before everybody has a conniption. <laughs> my, like I said, my point is this movie looks like it's gonna actually live up to the hype from what I saw and it has me and again I will say this it has me very excited just for the mere reason of spider-man being in it
1: yeah plus you gonna take your daughter to it who's I'm sure her head will explode
0: oh yeah she she can't wait she that's her big thing she cannot wait to see that right now so
1: yeah I hope I'm hoping I don't know I'm hoping black Panther is pretty cool I'm sure he will be
0: he better, because he's going to get his own movie.
1: Yeah. Black Panther, Black Panther's one of those fan favorites that I'm just like, okay. <laughs> just <remember. laughs> I like Baron Zemo. I like Crossbones. I'm bummed that Ulysses Claw didn't come back, because I I think that's that character was awesome in Avengers 2, and then they just kind of like, uh, well, see you later. <laughs> kind of excised him out of there real quick, but I'm surprised Ant-Man's in this.
0: Yeah, well, no, I'm not because I think that was kind of the thing they wanted to get him in there while they had the chance.
1: I think this. I think uh, not to get on a too big of a fucking comic book movie tangent. I think this will break all records.
0: Well, if if this does not X the X Men Apocalypse will. I don't think so. I see. I like that one too. I like the way that's looking.
1: I like. I love all those X Men movies, and I think it only got better with. Uh, like I, I liked the first three X Men, X Men mm-hmm. when United and the last. Yeah. Stand. even though nobody liked the Last Stand, I liked it because they threw everyone in that fucking.
0: Yeah, movie. I enjoyed the Last Stand. I
1: see nothing wrong with it. I see it as two different trilogies, though, and then they they you've got First Class. And, and, well, uh, they, they, they they went J.J.
0: Abrams Star Trek on it, which was awesome. I thought it was a great way to go about yeah reintroducing reinventing X Men without trampling on what you've already done. It was instead of doing Spider-Man origin story all over again, this is how we're going to do it, but it's in a different way, but it's in a way that you're going to actually accept it too. It just it was weird, but it was cool, but it also set up for many other storylines.
1: I don't know, I think Apocalypse this this one's going to be cool. I want I'm trying to this is the Brian this, yeah. This is the only thing I want Brian Singer to ever do is make these X-Men movies. It's the only thing I think he's ever done good. Mm-hmm. And he may or may not be a child molester. <laughs> Remember that story?
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know that but that kinda went away? That went away. That's nothing like the Jeepers Creepers dude.
1: No. Uh-uh. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's yeah, that I think that's uh kind of a BS story more than anything. Uh, I there was just there was no how to put it uh, not leverage but there just there just wasn't anything like credence to it it like just came out of nowhere And and it went away yeah yeah and it went away just as quick as it came.
1: I'm I'm looking how deep they went into the characters for this X Men Apocalypse and it looks like oh man god damn it. Wolverine's in it. I was hoping this would be without. He's one. only
0: in it for five minutes.
1: Okay, good, because they need to get away.
0: He's uh, he's doing one more film, and that's it.
1: They need to, yeah.
0: Honest got, to God, there's one more film, and that's it.
1: Let's see. You've got Storm, Nightcrawler, Havoc's a pretty is kind of a deep cut. Jubilee, ooh, Caliban, that's a real deep cut. That could be cool. Plague, yeah, some cool guys. I know, uh, Angel or whatever you want to call Archangel. It. Archangel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I will definitely see that in the theater. I've liked the last, yeah. I've liked every one of those. So anyway,
0: yeah, I'll be actually, in you know, first time in a long time, I'll be actually going to the theater to see at least two movies this month in the theater. Well, it doesn't happen often.
1: Yeah. Um, so let's just get on with it. What did you watch this week, sir? Uh,
0: okay. Let me pull up stuff. Uh, well, and we're today, still
1: recording, thank God.
0: Yeah, uh, today before got, it came on, <laughs> uh, came online, I watched a movie called Charlie's Farm. Uh, Sounds
1: familiar. Were they repping this at Horror Realm?
0: Um, I don't think so. It's a newer movie. It's uh, set in Australia. Ooh. Uh, Kane Hodder's in it. Nathan Jones is in it. Uh, Bill Moseley's in it. Tara Reed's in it. Passed. It's terrible. Terrible. he does have a spectacular death. If you're going to watch it for something, <laughs> watch it for that. And Kane Hodder and Nathan Jones fight it out at one point during the movie. Uh, Kane Hodder is not in his usual role as either.
1: Who's Nathan Jones? I know that name. Na-
0: he's the same dude that was in Mad Max Fury Road. Dude. Oh,
1: he's fucking Rictus. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I knew I knew that name for some yeah,
0: reason. Former WWE wrestler.
1: Yeah. But he was he was no good.
0: Yeah, but he has a movie career, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's it's
0: like an it's basically an Australian version of kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Wrong Turn, that kind of genre film.
1: Hey, look, you had me when you said Australia.
0: Yeah, it, it, and like I said, I give them credit just for the mere reason of using Kane Hodder in a different way. He wasn't – He Nathan Jones is actually the killer in it. Kane Hodder is just, like, the best friend or the brother of Tara Reid or something. And he goes to check something out, and that's how he ends up getting in a fight with Nathan Jones' character. So uh, it, it's – I just wrote the – or I'm going to rate the review. I'm going to probably give it, like, two stars. But anyhow, moving on, uh, watched Bull Durham last night. Love that baseball movie.
1: Still have never
0: seen that. <sighs> it, I love me some Major League. Uh-huh. Uh, don't get me wrong, Major League is the better of the two baseball movies. But Bull Dorm is just funny. It just funny stuff to me. I think uh, it is the it is the Slapshot I was just going to
1: say that. What what is the best sports movie because I have to say Slapshot is.
0: Yeah. In 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 literally somebody was just talking about Bull Dorm because I guess it was like either released or something this past week, um, and that was another reason I was watching. We were talking about it on the radio, and a movie critic was just basically saying he's actually talked to uh, baseball players that have come out and basically, yeah, that doesn't happen all the one team, but if you play in the minors for a couple of years, yeah, that all everything in that movie happens eventually. Interesting. So I was like, that give it some credence.
1: Isn't that movie about? Because I know I've, I've never seen it, but ma- like, isn't it not about baseball more than it is about like Susan Sarandon is kind of like, I don't know, like a whore? Yeah, a whore for like minor league teams that come through. Town. Yeah,
0: it, it's it's about baseball, but it's about how the minor leaguers are like. Ba- the whole the, the center plot of it is Kevin Costner is an aging minor leaguer. Mm-hmm. he realizes he's never going back to the big time. And there's a good chance he's going to retire. Like they even make a point that he's going to, if he hits 20 homers this season during the movie, he's going to break the minor league record for most home runs by a catcher. Okay. And basically he, he, he's questioning his own mortality in baseball now. And uh, what's his goddamn name? Tim Robbins mm-hmm. plays uh nuke. And Nuke is, like, your million-dollar arm pitcher back in the day when they started, like, dropping a million dollars on draft picks. And he's this young kid that comes in that could throw 99 miles an hour but has no control. Okay. And, ha- and basically, the uh, Durham Bulls are uh, New York Yankees kind of like their farm team. Mm-hmm. So they basically signed Crash Davis – to, and this used to happen on a regular basis in, back in the day in baseball. He's basically signed on there to show the ropes for the rookie, or so much the draft pick, so he could get him
1: to the majors. So he would be your Peyton Manning to, to this guy's Andrew Luck? Sort of, yes. Okay. Sort of,
0: yeah. Something like that. But basically, Crash Davis's job is not so much to win games, but get this guy's talent to come out and make him ready for Major League Baseball. More than anything, because he even shows like during the movie, he uh, is like, "Okay, let's work on your interviews." Uh,
1: <laughs> hey, kids! Uh, the whores are over here. Go at it. Get your yeah. Job. It's it just
0: it, different things, like it, little things, and if you if you ever like the sport of baseball, you pick up on a lot of the stuff that's in the movie that what Crash Davis is trying to teach him. Even to the point at the end of the movie when Tim Robinson's character uh, goes to tell Crash Davis he's going to the bigs. Uh, they get in a fight in a bar and Nuke hits him with his non-throwing arm and basically Crash Davis goes, "What arm did you use to hit me with? Your left or your right?" And he said it, he goes, "My left." And he goes, "Good. You never hit a, you never hit anyone in a fight with your throwing arm." <laughs> it, like he it shows he's still teaching them even when he's about to go out the door to the bigs. And it's just that's that's the center point of the movie. The rest of the stuff that's going around, like going on, is it's it's part of the stories. It's part of what makes minor league baseball minor league baseball. You know, whether it's the promotions, if you're listening to uh, just some of the stuff that's going on in the background. Like even back in a the day, uh, there I've heard about this where uh, minor league teams didn't have the money.
1: Oh, they would to- get all the gimmick shit out.
0: Yeah, didn't have the money to take the radio crew, so it even shows at one point, like, they're on the phone, and somebody tells them, you know, so-and-so hits a double off the wall. And there's this old dude in front of the microphone announcing for the Durham Bulls at the Dorham Stadium, but no one's there. And he's just, he's clacking up two pieces of wood, and he's like, so-and-so hits a double to the wall. <laughs> you know, it, it 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 has that slap shot kind of mentality to it. I like it. And it's a a very good movie. Yeah, Susan Sarandon, it it is a movie that really got her out there. Like, she was already out there. People already knew of her. But this is the movie that helped her explode, let's say. Basically bring in that multi-million dollar paycheck for a movie. This basically opened up the door for those A-list Movies at, of all time for her for the rest of her life.
1: Yeah, and, and an awesome racket.
0: And we? like right after this, Tim Robbins, he goes and does uh, I think two years later, uh, he does like a couple like almost Oscar worthy movies, and then Shawshank Redemption comes along. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it it was obvious it opened up the door for him too. So, but like I said, it, it, you haven't seen it. I know you're a pirate fan. Yeah, yeah, it, it is worth watching. It's something you would be into. We were just like a...
1: we were just talking. Dad's birthday is coming up. That we were gonna try to get pirates tickets, and I said, "Well, let me know, and I'll tell Tim, and then we'll just have Tim take us somewhere awesome to eat that day."
0: Yeah, it, it let me know. Yeah, it's
1: it, it it's just
0: it's one of those things, and again, you're speaking of birthday. Going away from Bull term, what did I do today? I watched my birthday present to myself. I finally broke down and bought the DVD of Metal Storm and watched that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: did you get the extra arm spitting collector's edition?
0: There isn't any. I wish there was.
1: God damn it, it needs it. Like, they need to put out – here's what they need. They need a Metal Storm slash Space Hunter double feature. I. You
0: know what? I, I, I wonder – if um, I'm wondering if it's because Metal Storm is under the Universal Studio label, and I think Space Hunter was still under the MGM label, is why it won't happen. Oh. Oh. But anyhow, oh. other movies other movies I was watching uh, got sent a couple of screeners this week, and one of them was called a low-budget film called Dark. And it's executive produced by Joe Dante, uh, but also the writer and directors uh, did a movie that I talked about on the show and I reviewed like a couple years ago called Gut and Phobia, which Love I that. really enjoyed. Um, they don't do your strict-by-the-numbers kind of horror film. They're into kind of like John Portanova, trying to do something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make you think kind of out of the box, give you something – and in this, uh, it's basically a movie set during a blackout, 2003 New York City, and a woman named Kate, it's played by Whitney Abel, who is really cool, which will make you want to watch it just for the mere reason. She looks literally like a bootleg version of Jennifer Jason Lee. I'm in. Uh, she's like in her 30s, uh, early 30s. She She's not sure about a girlfriend. She's not sure about her life. She has, like, these flashbacks of her trying to commit suicide, and then the blackout happens. Like, right as her girlfriend goes out the door to go away for the weekend, the blackout happens. And Kate's just, literally, there's just scenes of her, like, not going mad, but just cunningplating every decision she's made in her life. Until the point she decides, hey, I'm going to go to the bar, I'm going to get really shit-faced and make some bad decisions. Well, that's when it just gets really weird because she finds herself being followed and only returns home to darkness and no girlfriend and she contemplates killing herself again, but next thing you know, she's hearing weird noises. She thinks the guy she was talking to followed her, but it you really don't know. Once it's at that point, you it raises a lot of questions and I really liked it because it, you know, it made you think. Because how it ends, it's like, did any of it happen? Was she imagining any of it? Did she even go to the bar? <laughs> it, there's just, it just, it doesn't fit into a genre. I basically, if you're going to give it one, I would call it a dramatic thriller. Okay. It, I, I wrote the review today, and anybody that's interested, dot uh, dark, com Movie comes out, I believe, June 7th, it's being released on DVD, uh, made like for $400,000. Again, Joe Dante is an executive producer. I've seen some of the other things these writer and directors did part of this film. It's really cool. I enjoyed it. It's definitely something different. Uh, Like I said, bootleg Jennifer Jason Leigh. Uh, Future Hunters, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, Also watched movie. Have you ever seen Sugar Hill? No. You need to.
1: I know. <laughs> no, I know what it is. It's, it's like Yeah,
0: I know what it I've is. been finding some of these black exploitation flicks again and really enjoying it. This this is a black exploitation zombie flick and yeah. It has uh, his it has, the guy that steals the movie is Baron Zamdi or as I like to call it cuz I'm in Pittsburgh, Baron Zombie. <laughs> 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 he was completely Hilarious in the movie. Great movie. If you just like somebody wants vengeance against gangsters and they have black zombies all through the movie and just really cool storyline about the, the black zombies and why they are zombies, cool, fun stuff. Uh, but another screener I got this week. Uh, don't ask me how, but these people uh, from Terror Films contacted me and I think... And a roundabout idea, I think I know how I got this screener, but I'm not totally sure. And it was the same thing with, uh, I think because I reviewed Gut, that was how I got Dark. But this came from an entirely different place because they sent an email to my AOL account, which I check maybe once a week because every once in a while an independent filmmaker sends me something there. And I just happened to come upon it and somebody was like, hey, would you like to review unearthed and untold the path to Pet Cemetery. It's the new documentary that you see on Facebook being talked about and constantly right now.
1: That's been around for a while, yeah. Yeah,
0: well, it's finished. It's out there. They're basically putting finish, finishing touches on it. They basically said to me, hey, um, if we send you a time link, which you know goes away in a couple of days, would you be able to review it and put it out there? And I said, yeah. And could you do it in a week? I said, sure. So they sent me a, it's only what the DVD is. They sent me an online screener. Uh, there's supposed to be a shitload of extras. If you bottom line is, if you're any type of fan of Pet Cemetery, you're gonna love this. I am not. Oh, dude. I'm,
1: like Pet Cemetery 2 is the jam. Yeah. Just because that's just insane and plus Clancy Brown, but Pet Cemetery is like one of those movies that everybody reveres. And Maybe. I saw it when I, you know, the right time when I was a kid. And I was just like, meh, I don't get it. <laughs> it's okay. I like Herman Munster. But it's just like, meh. For me, because
0: at the time I realized what was going on. Uh, one, it's one of the more uh, faithful adaptions of Stephen King. Sure. Uh, because up until then, there wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> uh But it's one of the more faithful ones. Uh, It's one of the few movies Stephen King really got behind. But also, too, it came at the time when slasher films were dying out. Uh, The only ones that were making it to the theaters anymore were, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 or 6, Halloween Mm 5, basically the end of a slasher, the slasher era, because it came out towards the end of the 80s. But also, too, the documentary talks about, like the only reason the movie got made in the first place was that director Mary Lambert, basically the studio Paramount was like, "We will make anything except Pet Cemetery." Stephen, and,
1: you mean Stephen King wise?
0: N- no, just movies in general. Oh, and, okay. And apparently a strike, like they were apparently for like a year, they were passing around the script, to Pet Cemetery, and Stephen King thought it was a great script. Right. He he looked it over, he said he liked it, he liked the original ending to it, everything. And basically shopped it around. Paramount even which was unheard of, Paramount gave him permission to take the script to whatever studio they want, because apparently Paramount still owned the rights to Pet Cemetery. And no one took it and then a strike was about to happen. And Mary Lambert and Crew basically said, Hey, we have a script. We basically already have a cast ready to go. All we need is the money. We'll go make a movie because the strike was about to happen and they wanted projects that could be finished and done and out there during the strike. And they were like, We'll give you money for anything except Pem- the pet cemetery. And then basically she had it out with the studio. Paramount caved in. And the only other thing they had to do was this was the one time Stephen King was like, Hey, How about making the movie actually in Maine, near where I live, instead of doing it in California? And they ended up doing it, and it documents all that stuff. Uh, Pretty much anyone involved with the movie, they have on here, including Mako Hughes, who was the little kid that gets hit by the truck, and I think he was crucial to this, just for the mere fact of not only him talking about his experience, but what he actually remembers today from being on the movie. And they got to the show how they were shooting him, um, how they were using basically a Chucky doll lookalike <laughs> for him to do different scenes, and how they did the truck scene with a mirror, which was really cool. But it's a great documentary. I, I mean, it. I put it in the same realm as the Return of the Living Dead documentary, uh, Never Sleep Again documentary. Uh, going to Pieces documentary, really, really, really well done. Mm. Um, For anybody that's a fan of Pet Cemetery, I liked it because Stephen King is talking about different things about the movie. And I actually
1: right. got Stephen King in this.
0: Yes, yes, oh. they did. And so, yeah, they really, they tracked down everything and everybody. Like, it had anything to do with the movie. So yeah. it was really cool. And not only that, you get to see... Uh, D Wallace is in here talking about working with kids and Heather Langenkamp and a couple other people that were connected to the film without being connected. And they're showing still photos of Charlie Sheen because he was, like, best friends with the makeup artist at the time. And it's just, like, he showed up. Cream Abdul-Jabbar showed up on set.
1: What the fuck was Cream Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> doing there? <laughs> it just, it's, it, it was
0: weird the connections That people had to this but for me like i said i know you didn't like the film i like the film i know people that love this movie for me i had the sense enough even though at the time it came out i was like 14 years old i had the sense enough to realize this movie a was kind of dark to begin with but different than what was out in the horror genre at that time and definitely, I still have a promo thing that used to hang from a ceiling in a movie store of Pet Cemetery that had the dead hiker, or runner, I should say, on it. So pretty cool stuff. Documentaries coming out, I think, like September or October, for sure. With It's going to be like a two-disc version or something, but pretty cool stuff. And I, in my reviews, I posted like all the links and everything, you could find it on Facebook called Unearthed and Untold or go to terrorfilms.net. Uh, but yeah, somehow, some way, I got a screener of it. So these,
1: these these movie documentaries are interesting as shit. Yeah. But I feel like maybe the, the bubble's going to burst on these. Well,
0: I was even going to say, I even writing the review today, I said, these days it seems a lot of documentaries are being made about horror films and such. Right. And yeah, I the
1: Hellraiser said, one coming too. And
0: I said, some deserve it? Question mark. And that, I, and that, that is a big question mark because I feel not all horror films deserve to have a documentary.
1: There's one they're trying to get kickstarted now, just about Wolfen. Did you know that?
0: It, that's stupid. As much as I love
1: Wolfen, that's
0: just stupid. But Pet Cemetery, it deserved one. I mean, I just, it it did deserve one because of its place and time of when it came out during horror, during, you know, if you're a horror fan. I just feel like it deserved one. Uh, And that's why I put it up there with Never Sleep Again. And I mean, for the love of God, Friday the 13th has what, three of them in a book?
1: Oh, God, that one. Well, it has three of them, but you don't need any other one than that fucking, what, eight, four, eight hour long one?
0: Yeah, it just
1: – If it's it, not in that one. It's but not, yeah, like, but it, it, okay. that's
0: what I'm saying, though. I mean, understandable it's about the whole series, but it's just the point. I mean, yeah, that, that one has a couple, you know, it, it, but it is uh, – Pet Cemetery did deserve one. Now, does something like Neon Maniacs deserve one? Yes. No. This does. This does. <laughs> as much as we would love to hear about how water kills monsters that live under the Golden Gate Bridge.
1: And, and they have their own baseball cards.
0: Yes. That should be a documentary a in itself meatball. right there. Why did they have their own baseball cards?
1: Why is one of them just a giant meatball that lives in the back of a truck?
0: Yeah. Uh, the other movie I watched this week, uh, Voodoo Island.
1: Never heard of it.
0: Oh, you might enjoy this. It's a 50s B-movie movie And it stars Boris Karloff. Okay. And he's a dude that goes around, debunks ghosts, demons, and present day myths. I believe the movie was made in 56 or 57. And basically this hotel uh, mogul, millionaire dude, basically hires him to go to this island and basically prove there's nothing wrong with this island because they sent surveyors there the first time around. And four of them went one dude only comes back and he's basically in a trance and Sounds
1: so like serpent in the rainbow
0: yeah it does and but it's it's kind of like cannibal holocaust without all the stuff going down where they eventually meet the cannibals and realize hey uh not only it's not the cannibals we got to worry about it's the plants that were, like, around when the dinosaurs are around that are eating people on a regular basis. I like it. <laughs> it just... It's a bunch of weird stuff.
1: Been and, on this weird killer plant kick lately. I wanted to do the ruins for this show, but we nixed it in favor of Green Room. <laughs> and
0: Boris Karloff just... Um, kind of, like, does his Vincent Price impression.
1: Sure, he, I've seen that happen before.
0: He just has... This is, like... If Vincent Price has House on Haunted Hill, right? Mm-hmm. Boris Karloff has Voodoo Island. That is the best best thing I can compare it to. He just has a blast with this movie, and it just it's fun stuff. Great, it's great fifties B horror. This is the kind of stuff I love finding and watching. It's just fun stuff, but that's what I watch, sir.
1: Well. Besides going to the movies yesterday and watching Green Room, I watched some shit. Uh, speaking of Joe Dante, uh, I was searching around on Netflix and I, I watched Explorers. Haven't seen that movie in 10 years. Do you remember this one? No. Ethan Hawk, it's a little kid, little kid baby Ethan Hawk, and they, there's like three, this, there's three of them. I don't think the other two ever did anything. They, Ethan Hawk is having the dream of like, he's just dreaming these weird things and he draws it down. And this kid's like a fucking computer obsessed kid and he's like this weird scientist, science kid. And he's like, Hey, I know what this is. I can build this. And they build the sphere and then they build like, you know, they can make it fly around in, in space and then they build the fucking spaceship out of a Tilda World car and they go up into space and meet the alien. You've never seen this.
0: No, I've never seen, You've never
1: seen explorers. <laughs> really?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Holy shit. You need to. It's like good eighties shit. Everyone's, this is, this is a shock to hear from Tim gross that he's never seen explorers.
0: No, it, it's not ringing any bells.
1: It's got, hold on. I'm going to look it up. Cause I know, Either Sam Winston did the, the – I can't believe this. This is shocking. The aliens up in space are obsessed with television, and they talk in like – kind of like how Bumblebee talks in the – You sure, This kind of sounds like uh, Terror Vision. No. No, it's from 1980 – oh, River Phoenix. I'm, let's see, you got let's see, I'll go get you a cast here. You got Okay. Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix – Bobby fight, who I don't think he he ever did anything else. Uh, Dick Miller's in this, I believe. I'm pretty sure Dick Miller's in this. Where's he at? I'm not seeing him. I don't know. I know Dick Miller is in this because he's like the guy who... Can't believe Tim Gross has never... You you need to, like, write this down. You need to see Explorers, sir. Okay. 1985. You'll love it. Uh, I'm going to see who did the makeup effects because it's directed by Joe Dante.
0: Update. I just, uh, I should say, breaking news. I just had to block somebody posting porn on the pass and Boomsticks page.
1: Really, sir?
0: Yes, and it's none of the regulars.
1: Who was supposed to? I don't know.
0: Just some random person. Just started posting stuff.
1: Oh, fucking, I didn't get it. I didn't catch
0: that. I just, it popped up as soon as I hit it because I was seeing who asked the question. and
1: What the hell kind of porn was it?
0: Uh, Do you like my Latina?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I don't know anything. That's fucking crazy.
0: It's gone. <laughs> oh, I took man, care I didn't even get to see it. Shit. Oh, no. I took care of that. I had a feeling dude was going to be going, because there was something else like being typed already underneath
1: it I could see being typed. Hmm. Well, Explorers, this is weird. Uh, budgeted at 30, $25 million, wow, it was a flop, uh, $25 million, and it only grossed like three point six. But Everyone knows this movie, but Tim Gross.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dude, I'm looking at the cover right now. I've never... Never ever. Wow. Yeah, there you go. There, there, there you go. But we we're talking Bull Durham earlier, and there, there we've got
1: go. we've both got homework. You need yeah. to watch Explorers because it's got our boy Ethan Hawke as when he was a kid, and I will watch Bull Durham. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is
1: this is a shocking turn of events that, like, I don't know. This goes in that genre with like Spaceballs. Daryl, the boy who could fly. I remember Daryl, yeah. Shit. This fits right in that thing. I'm, I'm looking for that. I know somebody really famous worked on the fucking effects. And I either want to say it's Boutine or Sam, uh, Sam, Stan Winston. And I'm looking, I'm looking, did you know? Bah, 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 burr, burr. Uh, fuck it. I don't know. I can't find it. Yeah, you need to watch Explorers. You need to do it on the show. Actually, that's what happens. That's
0: what, oh, someday when I get it. I yeah.
1: will. I, yeah, we need to fucking do this on the show since Tim Gross has never seen it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I think it's just a fucking little kid classic. And
0: no, you man, to- that, to- hey, you got you've piqued my interest. I'm kind of interested in it now.
1: You'll like the aliens at the end when they go okay. to the aliens because they're. They're obsessed with television, and that's all they speak in is, is like, that TV language. But I watched that. It's on Netflix, if you can get a hold of that anywhere. Uh, definitely fucking check it out. I, I watched... believe
0: it's a bare-bones DVD available on Amazon.
1: Yeah, probably. You'll probably get it super cheap. So, uh, uh, speaking of another movie that everybody seems to not enjoy but I like, I watched Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the joke, dude? I don't get it. Like I, I think that's a pretty decent movie.
0: I believe you. It's is another movie I can't get myself through. Really? Yep.
1: You and Explo- everybody Explorers else.
0: Explorer's DVD, know. you can buy it on Amazon Prime for twenty six eighty eight or buy it used for four forty nine.
1: It's worth four bucks, dude. Definitely. It's not bucks.
0: worth twenty seven dollars.
1: <laughs> no. You know your your daughter would love it. I guarantee she would love it. Okay. I guarantee she would love that fucking movie. Okay. But, yeah, I, I don't get why Hancock's such a joke of a movie. I like it. It's pretty decent. Uh, it, it's a not super genius, like, deconstruction of a superhero. It's just okay. Yeah. I like Will Smith's performance in that. I like the fact that he throws the little young Michael Myers kid into the air <laughs> and freaks him out and then catches him. I like how he's a drunk. I like how he when he fucking has an orgasm it shoots through the top of his fucking his trailer and he's got groupies. I I, I don't know. Maybe it's just something that I missed. But no, that, you're allowed that, to like it. That seems to me to be like this big huge joke movie. Like everyone hates it, and I'm just like, I don't get it. It's okay. it made
0: a crap load of money, so I'll tell you
1: what though. I'm I'm a little sick of Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman is the same in every fucking movie. And I'm oh, yeah. A little sick of him. Yeah. Um, I spent your Amazon gift card.
0: Yep. Spent we talked about that last good. week, but I'm sure no one will ever hear
1: it. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. Last week's show was a goddamn nightmare. Uh, I got the Prince of Darkness DVD. That's pretty good. The big special, well, not big, but the special edition Scream Factory shit watched everything on there and I have a new appreciation of that movie. Eh, Man, those guys did a great job. I just wish they would have, I don't think they could have done it, but uh, I've had that director's commentary for a while now. I wish they made it. Like if I had one thing (coughs) to, you know, what would you do to make this DVD better? Because it is one of your favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. I think a new commentary With Carpenter would have been awesome, but I don't think they probably could have got that done. It just doesn't seem like he's very much interested in doing anything anymore, let alone talking about this movie. Like he's, he just seems like a dude where he's, I I was there, Mm -hmm. uh, everything was fun, and uh, you know I'm out now. And he even says it. There's a little Easter egg on that uh, DVD of a Q and A John Carpenter did at some uh, some convention out in L.A. where it was the 25th anniversary of Prince of Darkness. And and he even, he even says in there, he's like, you know, uh, my time's gone, and I, I had, you guys can't imagine how much fun we had, and I kind of just like to sit in my house and, and watch TV and play video games and watch the NBA. And he doesn't, he, he kind of, shits on somebody ask him about the the thing prequel and he kind of shits on it but in the nicest way possible (laughs) you know he just wants to lay into that movie but he can't (laughs) it's okay uh the fucking movie's great now let me i i kind of have a new a new i never put two and two together before about the ending of prince of darkness i want to run this by you okay Okay, I've always – how has Tim Gross seen the ending of that movie? Because I have always seen it as, okay, uh, the chopped-off head, melty skin lady. I don't know what her name is. Mm -hmm. Lady, she uh, reaches through the mirror, grabs Satan, and pulls him through. Starts to pull him through. Yeah. That's when uh, Loomis, or the priest, whatever you want to fucking call him. That's when Donald Pleasance wings the axe, breaks the mirror. And then, you know, traps his – traps that girl in hell. Yeah. And, okay. And then you have the ending where he wakes up and he, he almost touches the mirror and then fade to black – like smash cut to black. Yeah, well, it's just – yeah,
0: they go – they do both of those.
1: Yeah. Okay, so so what happened? I've always thought that – or I'm just going to keep calling him Loomis. That plus yeah. broke the mirror. They lost the girl. And that's going to fuck with that guy for the rest of his life.
0: Yes, but also his dream, basically, it makes sense of the person he's seeing now. Mm -hmm. That's bringing that is the prophet is her in 1999.
1: Now, what could it also be? Okay. Melty skin lady reaches through the mirror, pulls the devil through. Loomis fucking Donald Pleasance breaks the mirror that opens the pathway to hell. It doesn't shut it. That lets the shit go.
0: It's possible because it's always been rumored that that if they did a sequel, that's what it would do.
1: Mm.
0: Or if there was going to be more to the movie, let's say, not a sequel, that that I've heard that theory.
1: I I w- I read that and I was, or I didn't read it. I, I came away with that and I was like, well, maybe that's what happened. And then I was just like, oh nope, that's just the genius of John Carpenter at work.
0: Yeah, because he's making you think, just like John, yep. uh, just like the thing. Mm-hmm. What what's gonna happen? To this day, people are still saying, well, you know,
1: yeah, eh,
0: Childs is the alien.
1: <laughs> no, he's not. Who cares?
0: Who but you got, you cares? got people sitting there saying, "Well, he's not breathing; can't see his breath."
1: <laughs>
0: but it's—I it, mean—it's a great thing to talk about, though.
1: Yeah, it is, and I—that's the first time I ever put that to that ending. I was just like, hmm, maybe that's what happened. Oh, really? Yeah, because I watched the the alternate opening to that, which was what I was really interested to see, and it's—it kind of like. Maybe it even has a disclaimer like maybe this, you know, they they speed up the credits because the Prince of Darkness has like 15 minutes of credits. It's kind of ridiculous. Um And maybe like this, like the TV opening suggests that everything that's happening is a dream that that mustache man is having. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. I don't know. Everything's really good on there. I like that. But I yeah. spent that Amazon card buying that, and I also got, the, uh, big Mamma Jamma, because I only have the old El Cheapo $5 Walmart special. Uh, I bought the big Mamma Jamma end all be all version of Chainsaw 2. hmm. That movie looks unfucking believable. And you could, there's so many fucking extras on that. You could spend goddamn days. You could spend a whole fucking day.
0: That's good because it took how many years? Just, to, I mean, it took how many years just to get uh, that one we got a few years back uh, that MGM put out, where well, you finally got the edition. extra scenes of Joe Bob Briggs that everyone claimed, everyone knew that was there, but the studios are like, find I don't it.
1: have those. There's supposed to be so much lost shit in that movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah,
0: but it, it just that that it took how long for that stuff to happen? Though? Yeah.
1: But both of these releases have that – did you watch that Whore's Hollowed Grounds? Yes. That Sean Clark guy, I hate that dude. I know a lot of
0: people that hate him. No, no,
1: no. This is why I hate him. I've never met him or anything. (laughs) I have.
0: I've met him quite a few times, actually.
1: That dude has, like, the best job ever. (laughs) Yeah. me off. I, I hate that he just, like, made this thing, and that's the greatest fucking job. So, well, I, he he,
0: he did something job. that a lot of people were already doing, and he just found a way to get hooked up with Horror Hound, and uh-huh. they got behind him. Which good for him. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't badmouth him for doing that
1: right like i that's the only reason i hate that guy is because he has like my fucking dream job
0: because i I know several other people that do the same exact thing but they're nowhere near as popular or people know about him or them i should say oh hell, we did
1: that when we went to fucking pittsburgh we had to go to every place
0: yeah and i mean how many people don't i mean how many people do do that to begin with but it just they're not the name sean clark now and it's like and of course because he has done that and he's become popular and he has a fan base and he's in Horrorhound magazine writing articles constantly oh is he yeah i and, know that Yeah, uh, it, it just now if you go and do that and you start a youtube video everyone's like oh you're trying to be sean clark really it, it, it just no, people been doing this for a while. He was just he figured out a way. You know, maybe he was smart enough to do it. He just figured out a way to do this and make money off
1: of it. He was the first one to point a video camera at himself. And yeah,
0: he he found a way to. He he got picked up. Let's let's be honest.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, the the fucking one he did Good for, for him. Yeah, the one he did for Chainsaw Two is amazing because, like, you really see. He, he goes to all these places, and, like, Austin back then, where it was mm-hmm. filmed, was nothing. And now, like, you know, he goes, this is where the radio station was, and back then there's nothing. And now, <laughs> it's a whole fucking, like, giant city there. It's really kind of fucking amazing. But good for that guy. I like that series. I need to look up more. I, those are the first two I've ever seen of those. Let's see what else did I watch. But I can't recommend that Chainsaw too. It is worth <coughs> It is worth all fucking, I think it was like 25 something. It's worth it. I mean, it's a little pricey, but god damn, it is worth it. Yeah. So I watched all that. That's it. I'm still kind of shocked you've not seen Explorers.
0: And it, dude, I was looking at it now. It's Like I said, it's not ringing any bells, so you got me. I have not seen a... that.
1: will take you right back to fucking
0: 1985. Oh, I'm sure. Right? I, I, I believe you. I love finding stuff like that.
1: It'll take you right back to 1985 because you'll be sitting there and you'll be like, "Man, this, cat, this is this is the movie." And then after this movie, Buckaroo Banzai going to come on HBO.
0: Well, next time I buy some stuff off of Amazon, I'll probably get that
1: used. There you go. So uh, I got a couple can you dig it's or do you want to just get to non-porn mail?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I got a can. I got a can. You dig it also? So
1: I bet it's the same one as
0: me. Uh, a possibility because I called it and knew this was coming pff, a year ago, if not two years ago. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
1: So is this the uh, <laughs> fucking Puppet Master remake? Oh,
0: yeah. Dude, I yeah. knew this was coming. It's just everybody else caught up to me finally.
1: Well, you talk about it then because this just got laid on me today.
0: Well, apparently somebody made a – well, how it got out there in the social media world was somebody, I guess, at Texas Frightmare Weekend yep. made a announcement and basically got some – heavy hitters behind it, for the most part. And,
1: a little bit,
0: yeah. Yeah, and let me bring it up here real quick. Yeah, like some of the people that were basically producers of Bone Tomahawk, uh, Bone Tomahawk and 1408 are now going to be uh, doing a reboot of Puppet Master, and Charles Band's on board as executive producer, of course, of and course. he's all
1: for it. Of course, he's going to get okay. that check at the end. Oh,
0: yeah, dude, this is.
1: I can't blame him. Yeah, I can't. This. If somebody's
0: going to do your work for you, mm-hmm. this is. And if anything, this is going to help Full Moon down the line because it's like, do you want him to stop making Evil Bong movies that are just 60 minute Full Moon commercials? I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the guy, but yeah. you. I really like
1: Ooga Booga just as much as anybody else, but come on, Charles.
0: Yes, but the point is, and I kind of seen this like two years ago to begin with, I was wondering where he was going with this, especially because it was taking so long to get that this supposedly last of the trilogy of the Access movies finished, this Access termination. And what should have been out probably over a year ago already is still not out. And now the running thing is, will it be out by time the reboot of Puppet Master is out? Because, I mean, uh, if you look back, Access Rising, or Access of Evil, I should say, whatever one was the newer one of this trilogy, uh, was basically a reboot. It was Charles Band going back to what people loved about Puppet Master, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to go back and give it an origin story, and I I look forward to this. I look forward to seeing how this is going to go down and what it's going to look like because, um, from what I've read, it sounds like there's some people that are fans of this that are behind this, and Charles Band's already signed off, which tells me that. Um, because the other reason, I mean, Charles Band signs off on a lot of things. Let's get that out there. But if there was one thing Charles Band holds near and dear to his heart. It is the Puppet Master franchise. It's money. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Out of any of the franchises he's ever come up with or any of the movies he's done, honestly, you got to say, that is one he goes back to because he's guaranteed to make money no matter what. It has a built in fan base and always will. Mm-hmm. There's always a bunch of people like me that would go rent it, watch it on demand, get it on Netflix, buy the dolls, do whatever. You've seen it at Wasteland. Uh huh. People yeah. are still buying the stuff because of Puppet Master. And that is what he why he would go away from it for a while to see if he can make money on things. But when he really need the money, he'd go back, make a Puppet Master sequel, and boom, he's back into the filmmaking business again because it would, it was guaranteed profit every time. And uh-huh. this is no different. I'm excited about it. I want to see it. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, how long it takes is a different story.
1: Yeah, it's hitting all the horror websites now. I've got like three. Yeah, it's on bloody disgusting page one. Blah blah blah. Uh, I horror, show Oh be, yeah, it I, really I, drop all this shit. Yeah.
0: yeah, everybody's picking it up.
1: I it, like this poster they have with the fingers. Yes, since Puppet Master, the Littlest Reich.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I already like the direction. If that's the direction you're
1: gonna go in, I'm all for it. I'm all for anything that those puppets are in.
0: Yeah, and, and like I said, this can open up the door for so many other uh, storylines. And for me, that's all I ever wanted. I, I just felt like you could do one-off movies with these guys on a regular basis. they fine with me. Yeah, and they can be, too.
1: Uh, that's all I had for Kitty Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that son of a bitch come up and... And I was like, oh, we gotta talk about this shit with Tim right now.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I, like I said, I I can't talk, I can't say how ex- how much more I'm excited about that
1: happening. I
0: I just I've wanted to happen. I've wanted it to happen for a very long time. I can't wait. I want to see.
1: It. I think if Charles Band was smart, and he is, um, I would start. I'm surprised he hasn't actually. I would I would start rebooting my like you know, five-star gold franchises. I'd be like, okay, let's get the Puppet Master one in the works. Uh, Let's get some subspecies shit going again. We'll get the ghoulies back out there.
0: I was going to say, I know subspecies, there's been talk and rumors of that restarting for quite a few years, even before the talk of Puppet Master. That has been one he's always tried to get off the ground. And that was one I could see outside of Puppet Master, actually working. The problem was no one was getting behind it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He could never get anyone to get behind that one. Even to do another sequel, he couldn't get, couldn't get the funding or get the right script for what he wanted to do. And I'll give him credit. He didn't go and do something stupid, which was good. So, but yeah, uh, this will open up the door. If anything, this yeah. will open the door for a lot of that stuff because there was a lot of talk recently about uh, him doing a remake of The Creeps.
1: Well, he didn't do a remake, but he just renamed it and threw it back out.
0: There. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yes,
1: which is yeah. pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but I don't put anything past Charles, man. No fucking way. Um, let's get to our questions, Tim.
0: Okay, we only got many of them, so.
1: No, we don't. I have a couple for you, though.
0: Oh, okay. Did Just you remind want
1: to... me at the end.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Tristy Gnarly Martin says, true or false, this is security footage from the event mentioned on last week's episode of Kyle Bubby escaping from the event to go home to put on his slippers and light his old man pipe.
1: I saw, and it's a GIF uh-huh. of the little alien from Mac and me peeling out in a big wheel. Get yes. the hell out of there. That is security. I am yep. Mac. All grown up.
0: Uh your boy Dano uh they chimes in, he says, Both I and Wayne Gale. Uh v- Wayne Gale Variety Hour host five Andy, Andy Swart, I yeah. believe. Uh realized about three quarter of the way through Uh, The Green Room, we had been squeezing napkins for the last 45 minutes, and by the end of the movie, the napkins had fused in on themselves and become a new element of the periodic table made from paper and fear sweat. Did you have a similar reaction, and what's the last time you can remember feeling that genuinely uncomfortable watching a movie?
1: Hmm. It was pretty intense. We'll get to that later. We're, I'm not going to okay. talk about Green Room until later, but yeah, okay. it was It was pretty f- fucking holy shit. But the last time, anything like this, uh, this intense in the theater, I, I told, I don't know, did I tell the story about getting really freaked out in Alien Resurrection and having to leave for just a little bit? I believe so, yes. Yeah. When they got Brad Dorf all... He's yes. tuned up in there, and he's giving that speech. It's just so it got to me, man. It was like, ooh, uh, something fucking happened to Kyle, and Brad Dorf worked his fucking acting juju all over me, and it's like, I gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom. This is fucking kind of freaking me out a little bit. I'll be right back. I had to get out of there. House of a Thousand Corpses kind of creeped me out at the end a little bit it was kind of intense like seeing that for the first time when they you know they' they're playing that fucking music and they're lowering her into the fucking where Dr. Satan is and that big robot fucking guys down there it's all awesome yeah, uh, I, I got, that got to me just a little bit but as for being really scared in the theater now nah, like like intense only a, a handful of times seeing jaws in 35 millimeter last summer. In that really old, awesome uh theater that movie took on a life of its own. And it was it was pretty I was not intense, but I was into it. I, I wanted to see it again like immediately. What about you? Have, did anything ever like happened to Tim Groats like that?
0: Um nothing like that, yeah, like I said, a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, first time I watched Last House on the Left or inside even recent movie.
1: Yeah. Really? Inside
0: was a little uncomfortable the very first time I watched it. Never but in I, the
1: theater where it was like an intense goddamn movie that you were just into. Uh, there's been
0: like intense movies I really got into, like I said. But like I told that story about seeing Dead Alive in the theater and just thought it was like the craziest thing. Watching people r- puking in the aisles and stuff like that and freaking wow. out. That was, like, a different experience. But I don't know, like, anything like what you're saying. I don't think anything... I've gotten into movies, but nothing like what you're saying.
1: Yeah, 28 if, Days if, Later like... kind of got to me a little bit, too. Just a little bit. I didn't have to leave, but I was I was on... I was, I was white-knuckling it a little bit through that one.
0: No, see, can I get lost into the movie where... Get I'm it. literally a part of another world. Yeah, <laughs> I do that constantly. <laughs> I do that constantly, and that—that's when everyone sucking all the ideas out of my head, and you get cowboys versus dinosaurs. I was
1: going to say, how many how many puppets are in these worlds? You get sucked into? <laughs> are they all populated by Charles Band puppets?
0: <laughs> it's possible.
1: So you have, like, your little Mr. Rogers neighborhood shit going oh, on. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. This is the best way to describe it, too. Look,
1: like, I, I can imagine next time I come to Pittsburgh, this little, like, all the load-bearing DVDs that you have in your house. <laughs> Some of them are going to part ways, and this little train's going to come out and take me to Tim Gross's movie Puppet land. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be great.
0: <laughs> okay the last question i see on here uh we got from eric axel kent kyle are you beta or vhs also react the flares podcast closing up shop
1: i'm this is news to me i listen to i don't i got my rotation to podcasts i listen to dano's podcast i listen to parker's podcast i listen to uh that lou reed's podcast it, you know it's like a I listen to Profondo when they put one out. They're not every week, but, I, I you know, I've got my Monday, my Thursday, my Friday podcasts, and every once in a while, you know, I'll hit a gap and I'll throw Ric Flair on there. I've listened to three or four of his, and he was, man, look, in podcast or non-podcast form, anytime you get Ric Flair about six, seven drinks deep, you start, you start like, magic happens. So if he closed up shop, I'm wondering if this has to do with health health issues because the news story was he went down at a mm-hmm. uh, this week he went down at an airport and everything's supposed to be okay but you know what dude I'm preannnually calling this I think we're gonna lose Ric Flair pretty soon.
0: Yeah, you were saying that, and I've heard uh, after really you said do. that I, feeling. I read a story like shortly after that last week or something that. Somebody was claiming he was uh, sick, so I would not be surprised.
1: It might just be one of those things where, you know, running around, just like the Wasteland thing, like maybe he's just been in high gear for like a couple weeks and he just fucking couldn't have it anymore. Yeah. Maybe. I hope not. I love Ric Flair. If his podcast shut down, I hope they keep the old episodes up because the one he did with Bischoff – where it was like gloves off, we're going to tell you, you know, we're, it's going to be like pretty much shoot for two hours. Mm-hmm. That was that was really good. Because Flair was clearly five drinks, six drinks deep in that one. And it, it's Ric Flair, man. Fucking listen to that man and watch it. I saw a great meme this week where it was like, uh, Ric Flair's daughter met the, <laughs> the dirtiest player in the game. And Ric Flair turned heel on her and took the woman's title. I was like, I hope that happens. That'd be great. Oh, man. Is that all of our questions? That's a bummer. That's
0: all I could see. Uh
1: Uh-oh. I think we might have just died. Did we die? No. Are we still alive? Oh, awesome. Uh, you tell me. Yeah, we're alive, dude. We're kicking. We're still recording. Okay. Something, I don't know. I'm using the same program that I used to. I just deleted the old one and, and downloaded it again. So it seems to be... Seems to be in the green, I suppose, so let's talk about, I kept calling it Future Kill all week. It's not future future Kill. Kill, that's a whole different yeah.
0: movie with Ed Neil.
1: I even think I fucking put it out as Future Kill is what we were talking about, but no, this is Future Hunter.
0: Future Hunters.
1: Yes. I, I watched it, but I watched the one that you sent me with.
0: With Joe Bob Briggs?
1: Everything's better with Joe Bob. Sorry. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh. This just made me like, oh,
1: man. It's like I should have watched this version.
0: It just. Because I, I remember seeing it. I
1: even wrote it on. I just now wrote it as Future Kill on fucking IMDb. Uh oh. Did we die? Nope. Okay, go for it.
0: <laughs> okay, we're talking Future Hunters from 1987, 86, take your pick, whatever one. Uh, even though it claims 1989, I think on a IMDb or another one of those websites claims it's 1989, it actually isn't. <laughs> but it is, uh, just for the mere fact, it is uh, Robert Patrick's very first movie he was ever in. Yep. And... Basically, Robert Patrick is a, plays a guy named Slade. But before we get into him being Slade, the movie was, A, from the same guy that gave us Wheels of Fire.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yes. Apparently, this dude is legendary for Philippines. And if you watch that link with Joe oh Bob, God. Joe Bob goes into it real quick.
1: My God, this guy, I've got his IMDb pulled up. Holy shit. All these movies I'm recognizing, it's like a... Yeah, TNT Jackson, El Negro.
0: Yeah, like Equalizer 2000. <laughs> the
1: Mother's Hellhole, Firecracker, Striker, Caged Fury, Final Mission, Naked Vengeance, Eye of the Eagle, Equalizer 2000, Demon of Paradise. I recommend all, or, I, they're all fucking, like, familiar.
0: Yeah, stuff he made very, very cheap, but, uh, became, like, popular drive-in films for America and stuff that you would like come across that would pop up like in on in random VHS stores mm-hmm. that you would find. And, and
1: that poster for Firecrackers, just the greatest... Yeah, and
0: that was the thing. Eaten. He went by the old school thinking, come up with a great poster, make the movie later. And the movie's made barely for anything, but... They're all fun, and Future Hunters was no different. And at one point, it was called, also called, I should say, Deadly Quest.
1: Uh huh. Uh oh, breaking news, Tim Gross. I just come across from a link mm-hmm. from this guy to Jim Menorsky. Yes, be coming out in 20, 000, 2016? Yes. Cobra Gator.
0: Yes, I did see that. I, I I want it, I want to see that film. Oh man. But anyhow, the movie begins. It's after the Holocaust. The year is 2025, and a man named Matthew uh, is—he's running from some evil dudes. Which I forget this dude's name right now. But this dude pretty much was in. uh, His name is Richard Norton. There you go. I found a note. Uh, His name is Richard Norton, and he's basically in a lot of these. He
1: is Wheels of Fire guy, right?
0: Yeah, he's in a lot of these. Filipino films, basically.
1: I recognize that beard.
0: Yeah, he's in a lot of these movies. He's kind of like the George Eastman of the Philippines.
1: Oh, yeah. George (laughs) Eastman also in Wheels of Fire.
0: Yes. But anyhow, uh, Matthew is trying to run away from some evil dudes because he believes if he could go back in time with the Spear of Destiny and get it to its place, uh, a staff somewhere hidden in a cave Uh, Basically protected by some Amazon woman. He believes they could put it together and stop the Holocaust. But travels through time, comes across some bikers. They're beating up uh, Slade's girlfriend. He helps her out. He gets shot. He's about to die, gives her the Spear of Destiny, and basically says, you need to find Professor Hightower. They go looking for (laughs) Professor Hightower instead they don't find professor Hightower, they quote unquote, his assistant who just happens to be a Nazi crazy guy. And once the, once the third Reich to happen. uh, he's just, I was wrong they didn't find Bubba Smith first. Well, well, here's the other thing. The, the evil Nazi dude that it does have professor Hightower as his prisoner. Uh, because we're all led that professor Hightower is the key to all of this. uh, does have a bodyguard that looks exactly like playboy buddy rose
1: <laughs> Playboy buddy rose yes i didn't put that together
0: oh i did because i remember watching it the first time on joe bob briggs and i just couldn't stop laughing i was like that's playboy buddy rose <laughs> and I watched it again From now
1: on every movie we have to find that one wrestler that's in the movie that's the new rule for the show we're going to find out that one guy that looks like a wrestler in every movie.
0: So, you know, Playboy Buddy Rose and his boys come, and they basically say to Slade's girlfriend, look, just give us the Spear of Destiny. We're being nice about it. Just give it to us, and we'll go away. She's like, no, we're you're not Professor Hightower. We want to get this, you know, go find us. And he's like, you know. We're going to kill you, basically. (laughs) And she's like, no, you won't. Well, eventually, they end up in the Nazi hideout, and they end up in the little uh, prison with Professor Hightower. Next thing you know, uh, they're flying to other countries. you got... Not not only do you have evil post-apocalyptic warriors, you got car chases, you got other Nazis, you got Amazon tribes on horseback, you got random kung fu people doing kung fu in the streets, you got explosions everywhere. Apparently, Robert Patrick knows how to fly helicopters that have bombs on them just in case. Uh, And you have (laughs) and you have caves of sledgehammer wielding midgets. That are, afraid, uh, that are afraid to talk to anybody because they've been driven there by not only the Amazon horseback, but the Amazon women that are protecting the staff for the Spear of Destiny that could save the world. And on top of that, we have gators. So, basically what happens is Slade and his girlfriend, they make a deal with the midgets, they get past everybody, they... Uh, the girlfriend fights it out with the Amazon, the Amazon's high guard or whatever, uh, drops her into the gators. She's getting eaten alive. Uh, leader goes down, shoots her with her little bow and arrow, kills him, says, okay, you go do it. They put the staff together. There you go. They saved the world. Holocaust is not going to happen. Fun movie.
1: Damn right it was.
0: <laughs> and just It's crazy. <laughs> I just I enjoy the movie a lot. It's just there. I give it three out of four stars. I love everything this dude does. Uh, Stuff like this, B movie. It's not even B. It's C grade movie. Mm -hmm. Made for no money, but they're nothing but exciting, fun crap. It is a lot of fun. I love these types of movies. What did you think of Future Hunters? And did you enjoy Joe Bob Briggs?
1: Like, oh, it I was Joe like, Bob Briggs doing anything.
0: Yeah, but this like seemed like he was—he
1: was tailor-made to like curate this movie. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, he—he he just seemed more excited than usual on this Monster Vision talking about Future Hunters.
1: He seemed like he was we happy to get this out there.
0: Yeah, he was overjoyed. Like in... And
1: this is one that he personally picked in between. Yeah,
0: because I there. think, honestly, this only played once on Monster Vision.
1: In between showings of Thunderdome and Coma. <laughs> yes. Stuck one in there. <laughs> this movie was pretty goddamn great. I expected nothing. When you when you said you wanted to do this last week, I was like, okay, I've never seen this. I need to look it up. And I found a fucking short YouTube clip of Robert Patrick and his tidy whities and man, that man can rock some fucking underwear. Robert, yes, Patrick, he can. He found it, he, this guy, this, this director, Zero uh, H Santiago. Good on you, sir. You found a really good actor who I like, and you put him in white. whities through the whole like this big scene. Yeah, this is so crazy, dude. There's any. It was almost like one of Kyle, those Kyle type movies, like Adventure or Treasure of the Four Crowns, where. Almost, you could literally see the script guy in the back writing it as they go along. Oh, yeah. What do you got? A couple tigers over there? Hold on. Give me five minutes. I'm going to write a scene where this guy fights some tigers. And did you notice Bruce Lee was in this?
0: Like yes, Bruce, but it's not the real Bruce yeah, Lee.
1: Bruce L.E.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, but it wasn't even him.
1: No, it was the, yeah, it was him. It was the fucking Bruce from the Bruce Ploitation movies. Like no, the,
0: they, no, they used a different guy. And said it was the guy from the exploitation films.
1: Are you shitting me? I'm not shitting you. Wow, this movie just got that much cooler.
0: Go read about it because there's a, there's a thing of information about it where he t- they talk about like I guess the exploitation Bruce Lee sued the filmmaker.
1: For what? I'm sure the guy had six dollars and twelve cents in his pocket to make this movie. <laughs> the Philippines <laughs> the was like like back in these days, like the the, the early seventies to the late eighties must have been like the most magical fucking place where you could just get, you know, fucking stick pit fighters and tigers and gators. What? We got we got a whole warehouse of wielding sledgehammer wielding midgets over here. What do you want to rent them for a fucking movie? Sure, got five bucks? It's like, you could make the craziest fuck movie of all goddamn time for literally 12 12 Yeah. $12.12, 12 you could have a crazy fucking movie. And I like this, uh, I like that fucking uh, beardy guy from Wheels of Fire. He, the guy's pretty cool. He he fits in those post-apocalyptic movies like this. Even though this wasn't a post-apocalyptic rip-off Mad Max movie, it had the, uh, I love the uh, pre- The voice guy that that does the, you know, kind of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 intro Mm -hmm. that has that voice. Anytime where you get, like, a a fucking, you know, the text scroll with the voice on movies, like, think to Chainsaw 2. And it's in this. I love it. I love it so much because it's just like, here's what we'd love to show you, but we don't have money to do it. Mm -hmm. So just imagine this. and And it just puts this fucking cool picture in my head, and it just... This movie is <laughs> fucking great. You picked a winner, Tim. <laughs> I'm bummed that I didn't get to see this on the original. Like, I'm... You know, I found a list. Like, I don't remember a couple days ago of the shit of every movie that was ever played on... up on or not up on... my yeah,
0: Monster like, Vision.
1: Yeah, man. So yeah,
0: I'm, there... I, I had... Uh... I once had a link to a website that kept track and actually kept track when, like, what day and what times the movies were on, even. Yeah. It's so, a
1: good one of those for Up All Night, too. Uh, it's Wikipedia is pretty good. Up All Night is. Is this? this out on DVD or is this a... this?
0: No, it's not on DVD.
1: Why is this not out-of-print Dan exclusive?
0: I, I sent Dan an email about that because it was the one thing I noticed on YouTube uh, watching the uh, uh, Joe Bob version for a few minutes was, uh, surprisingly, there's a lot more Monster Vision episodes that have all of a sudden showed up again. Yeah. There's different ones that have actually showed up.
1: I wish I could find that big torrent of Because I had, like, the mega... I still have it. It's huge. Mm -hmm. I have the big mega torrent of Mystery Science Theater. I wish I could find the big mega torrent of Up All Night. And they did the Mystery Science Theater one really good. Like, they actually separated the fucking episodes and stuff. Yeah. And it's... The quality's pretty good, you know, considering. Who owns this? And why is this not on a DVD? Uh, It's a good question, because a lot of his stuff isn't on DVD. This this man is... We should just do like a fucking retrospective on the Zero H Santiago, dude. I've wanted to see that Firecracker movie forever because that is the best poster I think I've ever seen, and it's probably gonna be pretty shitty. But if this guy did it, I got high hopes. I mean, the both movies we've ever done from this guy, this and Wheels of Fire,
0: mm-hmm.
1: are fucking probably top ten show shows that are like movies we've picked for the show. Yeah, man, I've I watched Wheels of Fire just a couple weeks ago, and you were right, man. That chick on that, that naked chick, which I think is the same Linda Carroll, I think it's the same chick.
0: It probably is.
1: Man, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> he strapped her to that car and said, uh, that girl's boobs need to be in motion at all fucking times. <laughs> at all times. But did you watch the Joe Bob version of the non-Joe Bob?
0: I watched the non-Joe Bob, but back in the day, I when it first appeared, I seen it on Monster Vision. That was how I knew of the movie.
1: Is this like, because i watched the Joe Bob version, is this nudity-laden like Wheels of Fire is?
0: Um, no. Really? No, it isn't.
1: Well, I guess they pick up the slack with the sledgehammer-wielding midgets.
0: Oh, yeah, this had much more everything else
1: going on. Ed Quillen, take note, there are midgets in this movie.
0: Yeah, this had so many other stuff going on.
1: Yeah, so what do you give it? Because I'm going to give it high marks.
0: I, I give it three out of four stars. I love it. I love I'm, this kind of stuff.
1: I'm going to give it. Uh, I'll give it a good 337 um, midget sledgehammers. Yeah, like like the hammers you get in Donkey Kong. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to give it. 337 of those hammers. That's. What it <laughs> <laughs> but uh, are you ready to? Oh, I had a question for you. You didn't remind me?
0: Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. What's up?
1: Okay, we'll go back to your questions before I get to the green room. So, I'm thinking, you know, like I told you earlier, their mom's thinking about getting me and dad tickets for birthdays to to a fucking Pirates game. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Mm-hmm. And so, Romero's from Pittsburgh. Romero's revered in Pittsburgh. Yes. Along with, well... To some extent, Savini. From my understanding, Romero hasn't been in Pittsburgh. For years. Forever. Yeah. Is there any, like, animosity towards him? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is our hometown boy. This is our guy. And he's in Canada. Or he's down on the island in Florida. And he's kind of like, not Pittsburgh anymore. I...
0: Don't know I've heard a few people bitch about it. I don't think it matters as much now as it did maybe if he was still like not in his seventies, let's say right it being I think if he was much younger, if he was like in his prime and he was not hanging out here, right, I think it'd be a different story.
1: I wondered that because, like you know, obviously he hadn't been in Pittsburgh forever, but you watch Land of the Dead, and that's Pittsburgh.
0: But I will give him this: he does show up a lot of times unannounced mm-hmm. for different events here and things of that, you know, that stuff.
1: Well, I did, mean, wouldn't Bryce's? Yeah, what his was the story. His wife was like, I don't know, something about that plant. Yeah, they the called court.
0: it. They were calling it the George Romero flower,
1: or yeah, because it's like this big, huge corpse. Yeah, it's the
0: corpse flower.
1: Corpse flower, yeah, because it stinks like a dead body, and they called it. Yeah, George and
0: it and only just... blooms like.
1: Yeah, he showed up to check it out or something. And...
0: Yeah, he showed up unannounced, just come walking through, and next thing you know, uh, Bryce's wife Natalie basically like sat on a bench and had a, like a hour conversation with George Romero.
1: That's fucking cool.
0: And it's he does stuff like that on a regular basis.
1: I wondered if there was like a contingent of Pittsburgh people that were just like fuck him. Uh, you know what? what? I would
0: I would not be surprised. No, but there's always people like there's him. yeah, there's always going to be somebody. Let's put it that way. But I I just think because of his age and uh him basically once he did uh, uh, what film was it. Not Diary of the Dead, but uh, was the last one. Survival? Yeah, once he did Survival, he was done.
1: You think he, you don't think we're going to get any more Romero? I don't
0: think we're getting anything else out of him. I, I want to.
1: I don't think so either.
0: I want to, but even before then, I think his last gasp in trying to get something made in Pittsburgh was Land of the Dead. And when that didn't happen, that was... That I think that's basically he's like oh fuck it I'm leaving <laughs> you know kind of thing.
1: I wonder if he ever caught any flat, any you know backlash because of that. Just one. what of
0: land of the dead?
1: No, just a, oh. like you know saying peace out Pittsburgh.
0: No, I just I honestly believe it's just like I'm getting old, so I'm going to go and basically go to Florida and retire. Like a lot of people actually around here who do have money, that's what
1: they do. I can't blame them. I can't blame him. You know, he's been pretty much giving the middle finger to fucking Hollywood for a while now. and don't, yeah, We don't need you. We got Canada. Yeah. So, I was just wondering. Came across my
0: mind. but No, no, I have n- I You know what? Hey, he's he, just like Carpenter.
1: He gets to do what he wants. He's George. Yeah. Daryl.
0: I mean, as much as I want to sit there and be like, uh, yeah, um, you need to come back and do something else. And yeah, this would be awesome. But,
1: you think he needs to come back and run for mayor
0: <laughs> no, but I'm just saying i I would love for him to come back and do another movie, but bottom line
1: it's not gonna happen
0: it, it just it's not gonna happen, and I'm just glad you know hey he's he deserves it if he doesn't need to still live here i mean he that's just asking too much i I think that's overkill if you're a fan of his
1: him. And Carpenter, let's put them out to pasture. You get any, you, thank you for what you've done. We know George probably Carpenter, I still think's got the one left in him. I do but too. If we don't get it, I'm fine with that. Cause these guys, we're going to put them out to pasture. You get anything you want for the rest of your life. You don't have no worries. You deserve it. You yeah. know what I mean? Good job. Probably the two best. Well. I would put Carpenter over Romero just because of the amount of masterpieces he did. Yes. I,
0: I get, I understand where you're going with,
1: but they that. are both in the same league.
0: Yeah. Cause they both put their own mark on the genre.
1: Yeah. And Wes Craven's in that talk somewhere, but I think, I don't think Wes Craven is, is nearly, I think he's really, he's just kind of average. He had a couple good ideas. And he made a couple classics, those being uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and People Under the Stairs. I, honest to God, think that's a masterpiece movie. And that's about it, you know, with Wes Craven. I'm not into his – I will give him Scream. I will – whoa, holy shit. hope <laughs> 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 your wife's okay in the kitchen.
0: She's fine. Um, Just moving dishes around.
1: I will give him his place in the sun for Scream, even though I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh probably a really good movie that, in the long run, hurt the horror genre. And I think you could point directly to that. Uh-oh. Mess, uh-oh what's this? An incoming message from Rodrigo. Oh, no. I asked him to come on the show next week, and he says can't. Uh. Oh, man. God damn it. He said he's got a movie for us when he can. When he can.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that uh, one with a uh, toe cutter in it.
1: Yeah, Stone. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, hey, Rodrigo, buddy, I know you're listening to this. Stop disparaging the Spookies. <laughs> I see you at Texas Frightmare Weekend flipping off the Spooky shirts. Don't do that, buddy. This spook- Spookies is the best. You got to get on board with the Spookies, Rodrigo. Anyway, let's t- – I'm going to message him back because he hates Spookies. I'm going to tell him that right now. You hate Spookies. <laughs> spookies hater. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Green Room.
0: All right. I can get you guys a solid gig. Matinee tomorrow. Doors at one. You guys are on at three.
1: gentlemen you're trapped things have gone south it won't end well you can't keep us here man you gotta let us go we're not keeping you you're just staying shoot who's left let him bleed get ready to run here we go Careful now. This will be
0: all of a gentlemen. Ah!
1: This is a movie, uh, much like last year when. I first saw the trailer for Mad Max Fury Road. I said, oh, good God, this this is going to be it. This is going to be the movie of the year. This is so up my alley, you know, being Mad Max, returning, finally, after like 30 years of silence, something up my fucking alley that looks amazing. And the trailer had me already. I was like, this has to be the goddamn movie of the year. This was my reaction to the the trailer of Green Room. And I saw it, and we watched it on the show, didn't we? We watched the trailer. Yeah, we yeah, watched it, the it,
0: trailer, because I said I, I probably wouldn't get out to see this, but...
1: I hope Russ did. I, I, I put it out on Facebook, everybody needs to go see this. And and Bronk messaged back, he's like, oh, I, I want to, but none of my friends are like-minded enough like me that want to go see I'm like, Russ, dude, just go by yourself. This You, you will love this movie, Russ. Um, anyway, I'm shocked. I, I was kind of pissed. I thought this movie came out last week, but it it did kind of in that LA, Chicago, New York. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. The usual markets.
1: This week was supposed to be wide release. My regular theater in Muncie, which is 30 miles away, they didn't get it. And I'm like, what the, what the shit, man? I'm not going to be, I was pissed. I'm not going to be able to see this because uh, all week long. Every, yeah, it, it, it
0: only played at one theater around here too. It was weird. Really? Yeah.
1: Was it like the Hollywood or was it like. A no, it wasn't play- the
0: Hollywood. It played, I think, like AMC or something like that.
1: I was shocked. I'm sitting there every, every day this week. I'm putting in Fandango Green Room. And it, the closest say it, it says is is uh, Minnesota somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. Wherever it was, it was like 247 miles away. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm not going to be able to see this in the fucking theater. I know it's like so up my alley. I want to fucking see this. And finally Friday, Fort Wayne, uh, 74 miles away. And I called Josh and I said, D- here we go, buddy. Fucking Saturday, we're going to see Green Room. So we, we drove the 74 miles, which is Fort Wayne is pretty, it's, uh, you don't want to make that drive every day, but we did it. It's no going to Indianapolis to see Lords of Salem or anything, but it, it's a, it's a trek. Got us some Wendy's, got to see Green Room, and this movie did not fucking disappoint, dude. I was
0: going to say, I know the shit
1: yes. people
0: that, uh, that some of the critics here that did get to see it really liked it, so I, I was curious to see what you had to say.
1: This is the kind of horror movie that's not a horror movie. This is kind of the, the kind of movie that I like better than horror movies.
0: Well I was gonna say the me even watching the trailer didn't look like a horror movie, but it did, it definitely looked damn interesting.
1: yeah like this is the kind of movie I don't know class genre, whatever you want. I like this type of shit better than horror movies. This real life holy shit unbelievably filmed unbelievably fucking acted original not, not I don't know it's a siege movie kind of turned inside out. I was on board, so we got to see it, and it literally fucking, like I was, like Dano, I was on, I wasn't so much on the edge of my seat, but I was like, oh my god, holy shit, this movie is so good, I don't know what's going to happen next, because this movie is, and I, I love, this movies got punk rockers in it, I love, love fucking punk rock, I hate fucking punk rockers, I fucking hate them, they're the worst- some of these people, they're just the biggest pieces of shit. I love fucking punk rock. I love the ethos, the middle finger, the, the sound, the fury. But, man, these some of these punkers, dude, I'm not going to say, you know, I hate them all, but I've met a lot of fucking punk rock kids in my life, and none of them are worth the fucking skin they're printed on, the ones I've met. they're If you can like punk rock and take away the, like, hey, I like baths also. <laughs> shit like that, you know, I don't need a fucking mohawk. I guess I should say fashion punks. They're fucking stupid. These kids aren't fashion punks, but this movie, I'm getting off the track here. This movie's about a band uh, from Virginia. They're out on the West Coast up in Portland area. And I have, like, that's up there in, I don't know, I call it Goonies territory. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the very tippy top of, of Washington State with the, you know, rainy pine trees and shit like that. That's Goonies territory, like, for me. Up in there, that, in real life, like, I've watched enough documentaries on punk rock and skinheads, you just kinda, like, learn this shit. The, that part of the country is where this stuff is concentrated, up in the Northeast, like, mm-hmm. skinheads and all this shit. So this band, the first thing that happens is they're on tour, uh, they wake up in a cornfield because they're, they're, the guy who was driving the van fell asleep, ran them into a cornfield. They are, Dirtball punks and a band called the Ain't Rights. Uh, They got no money. They take off actually on their bike to go siphon water or siphon gas from a car in a hockey rink twenty miles away. That's the level of no money these kids have. So they hook up with this other punk rock kid. That's he says, you know, come down to Seattle. I got you a show. The show fall falls through at a, a shitty pizza joint. They get like six bucks. Yeah, he says, "Don't worry, I, I got you covered. I'm gonna make it up for you. My cousin up in this other part of fucking Washington, he's uh, we got you a show opening up for this band called Cowcatcher. Um, but you know, you're gonna get it's 350 bucks guaranteed, but beware because it's nothing but bracers up there, which is skinheads, and you're gonna play for skinheads, so just watch out. Uh, talk to my my cousin, he'll hook you up. Just just know." It's a skinhead show. So they, you know, they weigh the odds. they like, you could either siphon fucking gas all the way back to Virginia, or you could go play for these skinheads. So they decide they're going to go play for these skinheads. They get to this compound, which looks like. I know you don't like this movie, but um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, where they had that slaughterhouse that's real kind of like a compound looking thing. Mm-hmm. That's what this place looks like. And it's really kind of like off the beaten path down, down some dirt roads and it's run by Patrick Stewart is the face of this movement is what they call it. And there's a lot of like, I want to watch this movie again because a, it was fucking great. And B the lingo in here that they use, like they use, like, I don't know. There's a part where they need to throw off the scent of the cops. So they call for like true believers. Yeah. And shit. There's just like some of the skinhead lingo that I know, from going to punk rock shows and all my life and and just like you kind of know that you you learn this shit through osmosis, through punk rock and stuff. But there's a little kind of disconnect with the terminology used here. But it's okay. You get the gist. Um, They start playing for the the coolest part of this fucking movie is, okay, they're in the green room at the first part. They're like, look, you're going to go on. You're going to open up for Cowcatcher. Uh, everybody's kind of really nice to him. They're like, we're glad you're here. Um, you're going to get paid after the show. Here's the green room. Uh, hang out here. We're going to do some stuff. Everything's kind of ramshackle. Um, you know, we're going to just, just wait here. So they go, they play the show and the first coolest, the coolest thing in the world. Anton Yeltsin plays the main guy in this movie. He's the Charlie Brewster guy from Fright Night Remake. He's in the Star Trek movies. He's uh who is he? In Star Trek, the remake. The Nuclear Vessels guy.
0: Okay. Is
1: that Chekhov? Yes. He's Chekhov in You know, this guy's great. He was young. He's the best part about that Terminator Salvation movie. He's young Kyle Reese. Okay. This kid's really good. Yeah. He's I, I like this guy as an actor. It's him, uh, the girl that I really like, who's my new favorite actress ever. Her name's Alice Swatcat, the freckle-faced girl from Final Girls.
0: Okay, yeah, I remember you were talking about that. I
1: really like that chick. She's great. She's a great actress. She plays guitar. Anton Yeltsin plays guitar. they got a bassist named Reese. He's played by Joe Cole. Callum Turner is Tiger. He's the lead singer. I don't know. I missed the drummer in there or something. I don't know. The (laughs) the coolest part about this, I'm getting off track here because this movie was so great. (laughs) <laughs> the coolest part, Anton Yeltsin says, look, I got an idea. Next thing you know, they're on. They open up their set with Nazi Punks Fuck Off by the Dead Kennedys, which was just fucking great. They literally like so punk rock, they went into this fucking skinhead club, and the first song they played is Nazi Punks Fuck Off. And then they start playing their set. The not the skinheads are still cool to them. They, they pay them. They get in their van to leave. The girl says, oh, shit, I left my cell phone in the green room. Before, I, I should have said this way earlier. Spo- I'm going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. Everybody. Okay. <laughs> I should have said that earlier. Anyway, uh, Anton Yeltsin goes back to the green room to get the phone. Um, guess what? There's some fucking skinheads in there, and they have stabbed a girl to death, and she's laying there with a knife in her head. And, oh, shit. Uh-oh. And then, um, I don't know. Did you ever get to see Blue Ruin? No. It's directed by the same guy. Okay. Oh, you've seen Murder Party, right? Yes. Same guy.
0: Love that movie. I did not. Yeah, I know you don't.
1: I don't like Murder, Party. That's
0: why we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. We both totally disagree on that one.
1: Uh, he directed this movie. Um, anyway, they, they, they trap the kids in the green room. They're in there with another big, huge, fat uh, skinhead. And they, they just lock the door and they say, we, oh, hold on. And it's not like they do it in this way where the skinheads aren't threatening. They're like, look, we know what you saw. We're gonna make this good. We we want you to get out of here. And the guy and the, the band in the green room are like, we want to leave, but we don't trust you. You're skinheads, and you have one of yours in here with us. We're gonna try to like negotiate this shit. Then they call up Patrick Stewart, who is the head of this movement. Which
0: I heard he's badass in it.
1: He's not bad. He's not like badass in the sense of like he's gonna kick your ass.
0: No, but he's
1: the man behind the fucking movement. Like, yeah, he is the skinhead that is running the show that has assimilated himself into society as you as like a fucking normal human being. You know what I mean? He's the he's the face of this hate group. Yeah, tries to make himself look squeaky clean, and he's like, he's all. We, they want to get them out of there. They want to do this on peaceful terms. Shit goes crazy. Um, there is some effects, some gore effects in this movie that are. I'm going to put this movie effects wise. It's on the level of the thing. Okay, cool. And, and, no, that's a bad. That's a bad representation. That is a bad comparison. Let me think. Uh, I don't know. The effects are really good, but it's not like monstery. There's a part where they, the Anton Yeltsin points a gun out the fucking door and they grab his arm and they don't show it. But when he pulls his arm in, his hand is almost, they have cut him so bad. His hand is almost severed from his fucking arm, just dangling there. And And there's a part where this girl that is in there with him, one of the friends of the girl that got the knife stuck in her head. She just picks a box cutter and fillets this fat fucking skinhead. Because they put him in this MMA move and try to knock him out, but they don't know what they're doing. And she just grabs the box cutter and fucking fillets him right up the middle. Hmm. Anyway, you know, then it becomes like a siege movie turned inside out. They got to get out of there. They know Patrick Stewart is plotting against them. They, they know Patrick Stewart's all about killing them, but he wants it done away. He wants out of there. He wants all this to go away. Craziness ensues. They find a heroin production room underneath. Uh, then, you know, there's parts they get out of the room and, and there's attacks with machetes and guns and shotguns. There's this movie is just off the wall. It's violent as fuck, but it's filmed in like this. It's got this green tint to it and it's all like dreamified and it's not. It's not slow paced at all, but you're just like, oh my fuck, Mm -hmm. holy shit, what is going on? What's going to happen next? They introduce dogs into the mix, like characters are fucking dying that you don't expect in horrible, horrible fucking ways. Uh, The end, the end, I said spoilers. And I know you don't give a shit about spoilers. Yeah. No, because
0: if I st- if I find a movie, I still want, I'm going to watch it. I still want to see it. There's very few and far I tell people shut up. You know,
1: the end they get out of the fucking compound. And I thought that was going to be it. I was like, great. They're out. Oh no, there's two of them left. They're going to go down the road after fucking Patrick Stewart because they're beaten and bloody to the point where they don't give a fuck anymore. And they even have the story in there about, like, that's their tactic. you got to go fucking crazy, and we got to get this guy. And there, there's a standoff at the end that is just fucking amazing. I don't get it. This should be a wider release. I looked at the – let me see. I had the numbers pulled up. It It, it came in at number 12, and it almost made a million dollars. Yeah. I don't know, the. oh, the budget, Uh, it did, it made $1.1 million, I don't, it doesn't have anything for the budget, which is a bummer, because, like, I feel, this is a great fucking movie, it's the best movie I've seen all year, it will probably be movie of the year for me. It was
0: probably, like, released in, like, 200 theaters or something.
1: This, I was, I told everybody, I was like, look, this is the kind of movie, you go out to the movies and see, we don't get this shit anymore. Yeah. We we get your Pixar movies, we get your comic book movies. This is this is the kind of movie I want more of. I'm not saying flood the fucking department with it, but I want this real life, holy shit movie. But you you if you have any you should get out and see it. Or at least when it hits D V D, that's the first thing you should pop in that day. I know you haven't seen it, but
0: Oh, I will if I get if I get a copy, yeah, I will. This is
1: highly recommended. I urge everyone to go see it. I'm gonna give this a legitimate rating of five out of five stars. It is I, I can't wait to see. I liked Blue Ruin. I did not like Monster Murder Party.
0: I see I love that, but
1: Murder Party's okay. I'm not it's
0: you'll we'll move on. Yeah, yeah,
1: you watch Murder Party and you watch Blue Ruin, it's like uh that it almost looks like it's directed Like, Murder Party was what he did to get his foot in the door, and then Blue Ruin and Green Room are what this guy is, is his style of directing. Because it's not that same style. It's completely different. It's slow, it's murky, it's violent. Um, This movie impressed the living shit out of me. And I like the fact that they, they, they found a group of people that, literally, this is like my fucking Indiana Jones Nazi theory. You can put a Nazi on screen and nobody's going to give a fuck what you do to that guy. And the same goes for skinheads. They found a group of bad guys. They know the formula. They put these people in a in a situation that they can't just walk away from. Great fucking movie, five stars, movie of the year so far. I know I texted Dano right before I fucking got in and I said, dude, I'm about to see it. And I texted him right when I got out and I said, holy shit, I want to see that again. I want yeah. to see three more hours of this. Um, I think Dano, it's not out as of right now, as we're talking. I know Dano's going to do his show about it this week. I suggest everybody go listen to that. I'm not going to give you the website address because it's long and obscure, but you can look it up on Facebook. It's Wayne Gale Variety Hour Podcast. It's a great show. Um, I can't say any more about Green Room other than it's unfucking believable, and it, it, This guy... This, this guy's one to watch out for, this director. I can't wait to see what he does next. Like I say it's a perfect movie because there's a lot of stuff in there I need to go back and see because of dialogue and terminology. And there's some, there's some plot elements in there that are like, well, we killed this girl because she was leaving with this other guy and these skinheads turning against skinheads for... Some reason that I didn't pick up on the first time, but I'm sure I will on the second. Great movie. I'm done talking about it. Five out of five stars. Do what you can. Get your ass out and see it. What do you have for next week, sir?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going to be checking out Civil War, but did you know?
1: Civil War.
0: Captain America's Civil War, but did you know The Conjuring 2 is coming out June 10th?
1: Oh, yes, I did, because they showed that trailer.
0: Okay, I was going to say, I, didn't, I haven't even seen a trailer for it, so...
1: Yeah, it, it's, it looks – there's a lot of these t- produced by James Wan type shit. The Bye Bye Man was a fucking trailer we saw yesterday that looks like pure garbage. Uh, Lights Out, also a trailer we saw yesterday that looks like pure garbage. Conjuring 2, uh, looks okay. I like the first one. I know we'll go see it because – the girlfriend really liked The Conjuring, and she wants to go see The Conjuring too. and I'm not against it. I'll go see it.
0: Yeah, I'm interested in Conjuring too.
1: Yeah, I uh, do. I'll, I'll go see it. Well, you're gonna see Ken, we're, we're doing Kevin, Ken Burns' Civil War next week. All 12 hours of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're doing that. No, Captain America Civil War, because my daughter taking her to go see it so she'll be
1: i guess i guess we're gonna have to talk about it everybody else is gonna be talking about it. yeah that's the
0: reason why i'm doing it just Um, because i know we're gonna sit there and spend a bunch of time talking about it next week so why not just make it the pick
1: maybe hopefully t-shirt joe will come on because you know damn well he's gonna have his own personal opinions when it comes to this comic book stuff he's not gonna fucking have the same opinions as everybody else
0: yeah yeah that's Maybe fine
1: we can get joe on well we can't get rodrigo because he's being a butthole
0: well you know too we can't have john cross on again because he'll just destroy the podcast
1: yeah the podcast
0: yeah wow. it's no, it's no longer just the ratings it's just he kills the podcast you know, in
1: general the podcast died because of me not john cross
0: <laughs> it was john cross
1: okay oh man i don't know if you'll ever hear that podcast or not everybody but we had some technical issues. Well, for next week, I'm going to do an out of print movie, out of print Dan movie. Curse of the Blue Lights. <laughs> the, uh, seem, seeming to be, I don't know, I'd call it Spooky's Little Brother. Yeah. Little Brother to Spooky's. Sounds fair. Uh, what do you got to pip, sir?
0: Uh, you can always find me here at Blood, bass and Boomsticks. If I'm not here, you can always find me at grossmoviereviews.com, and that's pretty much what's going on right now. Got an update
1: on the new book?
0: Uh no, I haven't touched it this week. Um, I am gonna be doing something more with it very soon. I just uh, I had a chance to watch some movies, so that's what I was doing this week.
1: I have an update on the book. I have started writing the foreword. Awesome! It's gonna be in Joe Briggs, Joe Bob Briggs type. Review form. <laughs> It'll make sense when I send it to you. Okay. Okay. It'll make sense. Uh, Curse of the blue lights for me next week. I've got nothing to pimp. Uh, search for our Facebook pages. Bloodbath and Boomsticks. Uh, put that into your Facebook and search it. Join our groups. I, I'm still putting the call out. I want to talk to the Swedish man who wrote the review. <laughs> the greatest man <laughs> in the internet. I want to talk to that guy. I want him to write into the show. Come on, buddy. Uh, anyway, that's it. Next week, Spider Man and some rubber monsters. <laughs> We're out of here. Bye, Tim Gross. Bye. Turn out the lights. The part is over.
0: They say that all good things must end.
1: Call it a night. The part is over. Tomorrow starts the same old thing again it back in Dude, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. I live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! Is this something you could share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry?
0: What did I teach you? You
1: bought the Duke of New York. You're a number one.
0: Oh, Joe Miller, you just found the marble in the oatmeal. You're a lucky, lucky, lucky little boy, because you know why? You get to
1: drink from the...